This is the Daily Wrestling News for January 21st, 2021. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today by John Smith. John, how are you? Good, man. Long day of wrestling watching yesterday. Loved yes. it, though. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. That's right. It was a day well spent. We're tallying it all up, I, I spent so much time watching wrestling. It was the equivalent of a person's work day. Um, so I guess that's what we do here on, on Daily Wrestling News Show. <laughs> um, we have a good show today. We have the ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day, as we do every day. We have Dynamite and NXT to talk about from last night. Um, we do have some news items to get into, trivia. So it's our standard show, but it's always fun on the Thursday show to talk through all the, the greatness that happened on, uh, on Wednesday. John, were you at Monday Night Raw, the 25th anniversary? Because I see you've got the, the shirt. Oh, yes. It was quite the experience, to be honest with you. I, it was at two two places. It was at um, Barclays Center, and it was at the Hammerstein Ballroom, a.k.a. the Manhattan Center. And half of it was there, and half of it was at the other place. And when it was when it, stuff was going on at, at, at the Hammerstein Ballroom, we were just all like in, in a black arena watching what was happening on the screen. And I remember that w the last segment that happened over at the Hammerstein Ballroom was, I think, um, The Undertaker or something. But it took mm -hmm. so long that my son fell asleep and I was half dozing off before the end of the show. It was very poorly planned out by the WWE. I'm sure it looked good from home, but not, yeah. not when you were there live. Oh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. It kind of... Um... It ruins any possibility of having like a WrestleMania two repeat if it was a bad experience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Unless it, unless they do WrestleMania two style, different venues, but across um, you know multiple days, then then that's perfect. So. Yeah, or if they get hologram technology. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> we saw Paul. We saw Paul Bear this year, so you know anything's possible. All right, uh, small talk aside, let's ring the bell. Let's get the question going, and uh, we'll get the show on the road. All right, John, the ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account, join a league now at prowrestlingpick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. John, your non-wrestling question today is, what is the guiltiest ple of guilty pleasures in your Netflix queue? Um, I'm going to have to – well, I don't have Netflix per se. I mean, I got somebody's account that I don't ever watch it, but on my Hulu, I have the Hulu with live TV, and I watch um, American Housewife, which is a sitcom on, <laughs> I think, ABC. It's um, with Katie Mixon, and she was in um, Mike and Molly. She was like the – the pothead younger sister of Molly and Mike and Molly. But I, I really connect with that show because they live in like this hoity toity posh town where everybody is super rich, but they're, you know, they're renting and they got three kids and they're struggling. And it's kind of the same situation I'm in here over in Milburn, short Hills, New Jersey, where like everybody's got a, 
um, an average salary like six times mine in this place. So <laughs> gotcha. I really connect with with all that stuff in this show. So I'm gonna have to go with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, and I, I asked John DeConi this many episodes ago, and his his answer was uh, Tiger King. He watched that on Netflix or whatever. My answer was Gilmore Girls, um, and it's not on Netflix now, but. Modern Family is a show that I've just like really gravitated to because it comes on after Monday Night Raw, and now now I'm like, so it's playing there while I'm still taking notes, and and I've been completely hooked into that show, and so for Christmas I got the the DVD box set, and now it's what I watch. <laughs> yeah, Phil Dunphy is like a top five all time TV character. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, on with the wrestling. So John, we had Dynamite, we had NXT. I ask you this every week. Which show was the better show? You got to go with NXT this time. Um, between the fight pit and, you know, the tag matches and everything in between, I, they, they didn't put on anything bad. AEW didn't have much flow to it, in my opinion, yesterday. All right, let's start with NXT then. So, things kick off. Beth Phoenix returns to ringside. Um, I don't know if this was like a one-off thing because she was there for the – the tag team classic kickoff for, on the women's side, or if it was just like, um, you know, you know, this is going to be the, the reality going forward. But Beth Phoenix is in the house last night. Um, opening contest: Kushida and Leon Ruff defeated Johnny Gargano and Austin Third uh, Theory in fourteen forty five to advance in the uh, Dusty Cup. Anything notable from that match, John? Um, I wrote down awesome pin. I don't remember what the pin was at this point because it was at the beginning of my wrestling watching yesterday. Uh, and the diving RKO off the second rope, the twisting RKO was pretty sick that Lee Unruff did also. Yeah, yeah. Um, next, the next match, Karrion Cross got his win over Ashanti Theatonis, and it wasn't much, uh, wasn't much to that match. It was a minute 15. It was a dominant performance. I feel bad for Ashanti Theodonis. I mean, you know, it's, it's, he gets a little, um, little push on the uh, on the show, and then all of a sudden, like he's the job guy for Cross. But that's the way that match should have gone, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, I mean, I'm I'm glad to see him using the cross jacket again. And mm-hmm. the like, the forearm to the back of the head is very impactful. Blah blah blah. But it's just you know. If you see it for a hundred times in a row, you're gonna be, get a little bored of it. So I, I like the cross jacket and him making people pass out. Yeah, the cross. <laughs> it's funny the cross jacket. Um, it would be nice if he used it during the match, though, right? <laughs> what the forearm? No, the cross. The cross jacket. The submission. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to see him like exclusively use that to put his opponents out, I'm saying, and maybe just use the forearm as the setup to that. Right, right. Um, so with that, Ashanti Theodonis is removed from the, his uh, Dusty Cup match. He was supposed to have a match on Friday. I don't know what they're going to need to do, but it was announced that he's not cleared to compete after that, uh, that beating from, from Cross. Um, we continue with Dusty Cup tag team action. Uh, Lucha House Party defeated Imperium. This had to be one of the big upsets in the tournament. I think it, it busted everybody's bracket. Certainly Wade Barrett's, as he mentioned on the show. Um, 13 minutes, 39 seconds. Good good amount of time for the match. I thought it was good. 
Yeah, the whole match, it looked like an Imperium win the entire time. And then all of a sudden, Lucha House Party just pulled it off at the end. It was yeah. a nice little split. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the match that was like the wow for me in the, of the, the entire night last night between Dynamite and NXT is uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. They had their Dusty Classic opening contest against Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. Ahead of the match, Martinez and Tony Storm are talking about how they're just going to crush them. Um, and that is, that's not what happened. <laughs> Casey Catanzaro hit this amazing finish. It was like a shooting star, Phoenix splash, moonsault, corkscrew, uh, senton for the for the pin. Um, earlier in the match, Io Shirai came out and pulled the Mercedes off the ring apron and threw her across the announce table. So it looks like Io is going to be going up against Mercedes. I know that was kind of the trying to determine what that what was going to happen there, but that's what it seems to be. So, um, but I, I, I loved that finish. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a fun match. Uh, I didn't pick it that way, but I didn't even think of Io Shirai for some reason. I'm a stupid idiot. <laughs> Um, so, er, so early in the evening, uh, Malcolm Bivens is standing outside of Mr. Regal's, uh, office and he's trying to get a match for Tyler Russ. Well, during the interview segment or whatever, Tyler Russ comes out of Mr. Regal's uh, office. He was there early and he has booked himself in a match with Bronson Reed. Bivens immediately was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, but that's not the way his exact words were, that's not the way I would have gone or the direction I would have taken. But in any case, we got that match. And in fact, Bronson Reed did win with a tsunami splash. And Malcolm Bivens, consoling Tyler Russ after the match, says, you know, why don't you let me handle the bookings from now on? So um, to poor Tyler Russ. I'm really glad he's on TV still. Like, it, you know, it's one of those things where um, they don't bring a lot of talent in and they immediately throw him on TV. But that's what they're doing lately. I mean, it's... Often you hear these these talent announcements, and then they sit there and they sit there and they sit there. Lately, yeah, right on TV. Yeah, I appreciate them trying to get new guys involved, and in, but at the same time, it's like Tyler Russ just pushed uh, Tommaso Ciampa to the limit two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and then he goes and gets half squashed by by Bronson Reed. Like it almost makes Ciampa look a little weak, you know? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. That is true. Um, Timothy Thatcher and Tomasa Ciampa was the main event of NXT. Um, and we'll get to that in a second, but I want to talk about the Santos Escobar stuff. Now I know he's one of your guys and he came to the ring. Excellent promo. Actually. I thought he was really solid on the mic. Um, he is the champion of champions in the process of doing this. He puts down Finn Balor. He puts down Johnny Gargano um, you know, he puts down former NXT champions like Karrion Cross, you know, uh, Glass Jaw, Finn Balor, things like that. And he's like, I, I just beat everybody. The Lucha House Party came. I sent them packing back to, you know, Raw. Of course, that drew them out. Um, but in Legado del Fantasma, beat them down until Kurt Stallion came out, who has been owed a Cruiserweight Championship match for months. He won his, like, fatal million match on 205 Live to earn that shot. So all that's to set up their match next. John, have you seen Kurt Stallion compete yet? 
I have, but only once, so I can't really speak to his skills. Yeah, well, he he they he lost in the Dusty Cup on two hundred five last week on um, on two hundred five live, um, but yeah, very very capable talent. It's one of the the new generation type people that they're pushing on two hundred five live, so it'll be fun to get him on NXT and see what he can do against Santos Escobar. Um, the other interesting thing, if you were following social media at all, Santos Escobar got a lot of heat for that promo. Um, Buddy Murphy's like, you haven't beaten me. Ricochet's like, you haven't beaten me. So, um, you know, could be, it could be fun if he kind of expands himself to, you know, to take on other main roster talent. I love what he's doing, man. And I, I like that they're not just having him stick to the 205 guys and that he's getting, like, I've been saying for a few months now, I really want him, I want him to face Balor in a, in a world championship program just to, just to see how he does in the ring with, you know, one of the, with the real main, main eventers. We know he could go with luchas and whatnot, but I'd love to see him in like a, like a 30 minute main event type match against one of the big guys. Yeah. We have, uh, we've had some comments coming in over on uh, Facebook and I, I'll just bring some stuff up here. It's almost not related to the show, but people are asking questions. So let's, let's get them answers that what we can. Absolutely. Um, David Sears asking what's happening with WrestleMania 37. Well, we know for a fact it's April 10th and 11th. It's a two-day event. It's going to have fans. Um, Stephanie McMahon has been out, you know, talking. She doesn't really know what, how much or what the plans are yet. She said that they just can't make an announcement because they're still working on all the logistics and stuff. But, uh, you know, I've, I've read from uh, one news site, I think it was Ringsider News, they mentioned that the Super Bowl is going to be in the same arena, and they're planning to have about 14,000 fans. So maybe somewhere in that neighborhood. I've also heard up to 25,000. So I think that's that's basically all we know at this point for WrestleMania 37. I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing you there if it's 25,000 people, right? I mean, if it's 25,000 people and it's not $25,000 a ticket, I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I live in Florida. It's you know it's it's on the other coast, so I gotta you know cross the state, but that's no big deal. Florida's not like Pennsylvania, you know. It's it's a, not a big deal to drive across. So, um, all right. So that you know there are a lot of there was interview segments and stuff throughout the show, but that is the uh, we didn't talk about the fight pit. We got fight pit yet. So Tim, Timothy Thatcher defeats Tomasa Ciampa, 13 minutes, 59 seconds. Um, it, he, that, uh, Ciampa went to climb the cage or whatever, and Thatcher caught him, wedged his, wedged his one leg in between the, the cage where it came together, and then stretch muffler the other, got a submission out of Ciampa. Um, it, was a, it was a tough match to call. I, I previously had said, you know, I think this is going to be Thatcher's casket match. This is going to be his match. He's always going to win until he doesn't, and then that'll be a big deal. Um, but big, big win for Timothy Thatcher. Yeah, huge win, and I don't think I've ever seen Ciampa tap out, and I don't think we'll ever see it again either. Yeah, do you think that Ciampa is in the, um, the stage of his career where he's just putting over other talent at this point? I mean, I know he got that win over Tyler Russ, but he hasn't won his big programs recently. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. It all, I mean, it all depends on what that neck injury really was like and how much time they gave him. Like, we don't know what the doctors told him, how long he really has, or if he should even be back in the ring at all. So yeah. maybe he's just, you know, doing the job just to, you know, give everybody the heat that he once had. Because remember when he was feuding with Johnny, that like he was the most hated man I've ever seen in NXT. Right. He didn't even have to have music. He would just walk out to the ring and people would just boom. You know, in the past we've talked, I don't know if it was on this show or the Essential Wrestling Podcast about, or even just maybe the, the, the Facebook groups about double turns. And that was a situation with Ciampa and Gargano where Gargano, and you know, they had a last man standing and Gargano kind of went too far. And that was where you saw the turn with Ciampa and Gargano. Ciampa almost became face and Gargano became heel in that feud. Um, so it's a very delicate thing to be done, but, you know, they, they accomplished it there. Um, some other stuff happened to set up matches for next week. I guess the, the principal thing was that Finn Balor, he wants to get at Pete Dunne but he knows he needs to take out Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch first. So he just goes to Regal and says, give them to me next week. Um, and Regal's like, no, no, I have to protect you. Go find a partner. <laughs> Balor's like, I don't have friends. That's the old me. Um, so Balor's like, I guess there's some people that owe me a favor. I need to go pay them a visit. He walks into the Undisputed Era's locker room. They don't really say much. They kind of just stand around and stare at each other until finally Kyle O'Reilly says, okay, I'll do it. I'm in. So I guess next week it's going to be Balor and O'Reilly versus uh, Oni and Danny. Um, that match should be very stiff, I think. It's going to be a lot of punches and, uh, you know, people could get hurt. <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't think, I don't think we're going to see any head scissors or hurricane runners in this match. No, no. <laughs> we also got a promo from MSK, which it's going to be really hard for me to call these guys by their real name or their, their real names, their NXT names. Um, Zachary Wentz. And, and Desmond Xavier. <laughs> so, uh, but Desmond Wentz, the Rascals, MSK, they had a promo. It was very weird, but um, there they are. They're there in NXT. Uh, next week, they'll be facing Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. They also had a promo on the, on the show where uh, Killian Dane was asked a question and Drake Maverick spoke for Killian Dane before finally Killian Dane was like, yeah, what he said, basically. Slap on the yeah. and walk away. Uh, that, that tandem great stuff great stuff furry and fury uh, we have grizzled young veterans versus kushida and leon ruff um you know everybody's picking gyv to win this thing uh, almost to the point where it's like are they not going to win um but uh kushida i don't think is long for this tournament because he's definitely going towards johnny gargano yeah, I don't think I don't think they they do a lot of swerves with this with this um, tournament in the past. Like when the Authors of Pain won it, we all knew that they were winning it before it even started, you know. And maybe that's not the case this year, but I'm I wouldn't say like oh just because everybody thinks that the the GYV are going to win it that, that means that they're going to swerve us on it, you know. Yeah, I still think they're the the heavy heavy favorite. Um, and in this particular match, it really feels like Gargano's going to get involved. So. Yes, yeah. we'll wait and see. Um, and we talked about Santos Escobar versus Kurt Stallion. That's actually happening next week, so it'll be fun to get Santos Escobar on the sh on the show. And then uh, in the on the women's side of the Dusty Classic, we have Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai facing Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea. 
Um, that was announced kind of just in the bottom corner graphic during the Fight Pit match. So uh, I guess Jesse Kamea has joined the Robert Stone brand, at least for now. So haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we're due for a good laugh, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be getting run over by tanks anymore. Right, yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, John, anything else on the NXT card, looking down your notes, that we need to talk about before we push over onto Dynamite? Uh, nothing I can think of, no. All right, well, let's roll over to Dynamite. We start the show with the Dark Order and Hangman Page taking on TH2 and Chaos Project. I was surprised that we had a negative one promo on a live edition of Dynamite, but we did get it. Uh, Luther got some some licks in, I guess, in terms of, uh, of get, you know firing back at negative one. But ultimately, uh, Luther went face first in the cake. Uh, negative one used a kendo stick on Serpentico. And uh, Hangman Page and Dark Order got the win. Um, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, they have been doing these combination moves in order to get their pin. And they actually worked in the buckshot lariat, lariat from Hangman Page. So they worked really well together. It was a kind of an exciting finish with all that. But um, ultimately, Hangman Page says, I'm sorry, guys. I've done the group thing before. Um, I, I can't do it. Despite confetti and banners saying he said yes, dropping from the ceiling. <laughs> guess- that was great. That was a great part. And even before that, when Silver got down on one knee, I was hysterical. Hasn't John Silver just like uh, you know they they've taken that like over the top character and threw him on on television? You know he was on being the elite and stuff like that, but now they they put pushed him out on television. So you know good stuff. He said yes. He said yes. John DeCani chiming in. Oops. <laughs> um. Okay. So then. Uh, next contest, Cody and Peter Avalon, you know, so pretty Peter. Um, nobody was really giving this poor guy a shot, and uh, for good reason, right? I mean, <laughs> but Cody Rhodes, um, Cody Rhodes immediately went to hit the crossroads, but he got a visit from Jade Cargill, and then Peter Avalon hit a low blow, ended up going nine minutes and 14 seconds before Cody did finally get the win over pretty Peter. Um, you think we see Peter Avalon back on the show next week, or what do you think, John? I mean, he won't be next week because they didn't advertise him. But um, is he going back? I mean, now? I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see him again. I don't think Cody would have booked himself against the guy if he was just gonna, you know, kill him off TV or something. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I also didn't watch the match because you know me. I fast forward Cody Rhodes matches. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, it's interesting because Peter Avalon and, and Brandon Cutler both went like winless for years, um, you know, for at least a year or whatever. And then they finally got their win. They both went on streaks. Cutler lost on dark. Avalon lost on dynamite this week. So we are back to their winless ways. Maybe they will team back up again. Um, Sting came down to congratulate Darby Allen, but Taz interrupted those proceedings before anything could really happen. And it looked, it sounds like we're going to get some sort of tag team street fight out of Taz and Sting and Darby Allen. And um, they didn't make any announcement to that effect, but um, it sounds like we are going to get both Taz and Sting in physical altercations here. So 
Um, I hope it's cinematic. That's, I mean, I, I think that's great if it is. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always thought that Taz's career ended way too early, though. I thought that he had big potential and kind of got the shaft because of his size. You know, Taz was probably 15 years before his time, but yeah. he had an old, he's got an old school mentality. What I'm saying, just like his skill set and his size would have been perfect for today's NXT or even WWE. Right. You talked about um, Layla Hirsch as somebody that could potentially fit into that group very well. Um, and, you know, since we're talking about Taz's size, let's segue into that match. Penelope Ford got a win over Layla Hirsch, gave Layla Hirsch a lot. I really think that if this was the Nyla Rose match, it would have been closer to a squash. But Layla looked good. She did a, a top rope senton onto Kip Sabian and the butler, Chuck Taylor. Um, so... So I, I like the I like the match. Penelope got a win. You know, it's good. At least she's not sad going into her wedding in a couple weeks. So yeah. um John Moxley beat Nick Camarado. Uh, now Camarado, he's this was his first time on the uh, Dynamite show. He's been on Dark a whole bunch. He really looks like he'd fit in well with Jurassic Express. I'm, I'm not sure why they're not pulling that trigger. So but uh Yeah. I got I got on here. I've never seen him before because I never watched Dark, mm -hmm. um, and I all I wrote was surprising skills from inaction because yeah. I didn't know who this guy was. And then I also wrote, this is how you put over a no name. Yeah, like you don't you don't go twenty minutes and have him push you to the brink of you know of losing like you know some others do in the company. You. You get hit. You get caught by surprise. One big move. The guy capitalizes for a while, and then you come back and actually beat him. You know that yeah. it didn't make Moxie look weak, and it made this guy look nice and strong. And I'm I'm excited to see more of Camarado in the future. You know, it's interesting because Taz and Excalibur. You know, they they do dark with this guy almost every week, and they talk. They you know they talk about all these talents. They talk him up and stuff. It was like next level. Um, pushing this guy on the main show though you know they talked about his background and things like that um i i believe i heard them say he's a jersey guy though so or he did his education in jersey or something like that so uh yeah i think he said that he, he's got like a master's from rowan university in new jersey i don't even remember where rowan is i think it's in south jersey where all the where all the backwoods are okay okay so not not jersey proper yeah, exactly. It's a reject jersey. Private party doesn't exist for all you people out there. It's just people who are embarrassed to be from South Jersey that want to call themselves something different. <laughs> uh, private party got their third win of the week. They won on Dark. They won on Impact, and they teamed with Matt Hardy to beat Matt Seidel in Top Flight. Some dirty tactics here. So I, I'm all I'm down for a heart, uh, private party heel turn. I'd rather see that than have them. Uh, continue fighting with Matt Hardy. I think they should lean right into heel private party chair shots and all. Yeah, it was a, a nice little dynamic, you know, swinging them the, the way a different way than they're used to. Mm -hmm. And then uh, main event time, Matt, uh, MJF and Jericho got the win over Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, and Santana Ortiz. I guess they are going to be the official tag team of the inner circle. Um, Kind of makes no sense to me. Those are the are two singles guys. They, you know, they're the kind of top of the line singles guys, and now they're going to be the official tag team over the proper tag team. Um, so, 
that story is evolving though. We know that that's ultimately going to lead to some sort of break. MJF playing up the whole episode that he was hesitant to do the match at all, but he wasn't hesitant to pull out the dynamite diamond ring and get Wardlow involved and all that stuff. So, um, you know, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, but which one MJF or Jericho ends up with the inner circle at the end is going to be the, the real story, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's all leading to the to the split. I didn't know that they. I didn't think they were going to split this soon. Not that it's happening next week, but you know, they already got the ball rolling on it. I think. Yeah, it feels like they probably will get something for the pay per view. I don't know whether that they're going to put people against each other or what, but it seems like it seems like things are going to lead to that. Um, you know, there was a backstage segment with Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer. Um, Kingston uh, was about to do a promo, and Archer came out. He, you know, it's just ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's a simple thing. Everybody dies. Uh, Jake Roberts said, "Bite me" to end that promo. <laughs> so, uh, whatever. Kingston we have Kingston and Archer next week, which should be great. What'd you say, John? Eddie, King, Eddie Kingston was like, "I don't need your poetry." It's like that's not poetry, dude. That's <laughs> that's just an old school saying, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So next week we have Kingston versus Archer. We also have Cody Rhodes responding to Shaquille O'Neal. We have Dax versus Jungle Boy, which is another thing that got set up earlier in the evening. Um, Jurassic Express barged in during an FTR promo to basically Jungle Boy spoke. People didn't know it. He does, I guess, speak. Um, so we have that Dax versus Jungle Boy. Young Bucks and the Good Brothers are teaming up to face Reynolds, Silver, Uno, and Grayson. Now it would be very weird for the two tag team champions of both brands to lose, but Dark Order is on a roll and Young Buck and Good Brothers don't get along. So I like the Dark Order's chances. Well I, I see I see the Good Brothers just abandoning the Bucks and leaving it to a four on two if you like halfway into the match and then they just get overwhelmed by the Dark Order at that point. But right. uh don't, don't forget to mention the the beatdown on Penta backstage of from uh, the Good Brothers and Kenny. Where the heck did that come from? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so I think it was last week's Dynamite that Pentagon and Phoenix came out at the end to defend John Moxley. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Which that beatdown set up the Beach Break main event, which is going to be Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Pac, Phoenix, and Moxley. Uh, apparently, maybe it was also convenient. Maybe Pentagon's got an injury that they had to get him off television for that. Um, you also had, uh, speaking of beatdowns, the Young Bucks went to Kenny Omega's house. Kenny wasn't there, but Don Callis was, and they uh, they apparently gave uh, Don Callis a. You know, I won't say it's black and blue because it wasn't that color, but it will be soon. Uh, his face was pretty well destroyed. Kenny didn't seem happy about it. Um, yeah, I, I I was surprised that he that they they didn't show us them doing that. You know, it's just all of a sudden he's got this big welt on his face. Right. We have a tag team battle royal set up for Beach Break on February third. The winners are going to be getting an AEW tag title shot at Revolution. We also have the marriage Kip Sabian penalty award, and we have Brett Baker versus Thunder Rosa. All that's on February third. Um. Okay, a couple of other quick things. Um, SmackDown this week. We don't have a show tomorrow, so I just quickly remind people: Bianca Belair versus Bailey in an obstacle horse, and then Big E versus Apollo Cruz for the Intercontinental Championship, uh, a rematch. And of course, Apollo Cruz is under the mentorship of Roman Reigns. 
Um, NXT UK today, we have Kaylee Ray defending the NXT UK Women's Championship against Jenny. That's at 3 p.m. on the award-winning WWE Network. Um, and then there were some news announcements that were fairly important that came through yesterday, particularly on the NXT signing side. Uh, Lacey Ryan, Eliana Black, Priscilla Kelly, they've all got new NXT names, but they've all been assigned They've been assigned to NXT. They're all competing in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic on the women's side. Um, these are pretty big names on the on the uh, indie scene. They've all been on Dark. They were all on the uh, primetime live show that I was watching earlier this year, or earlier last year. So Priscilla Kelly is, is very well known on the indie, indie scene. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest of the three. So, um, with that, we got the Dusty Cup Classic tag team brackets. Those are out and available now. Um, and then the AEW announced on the show last night a Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Uh, this kind of coincides with the men's side. The men's side, Kenny Omega won and then ultimately became champion. She just had that belt forever. It feels like that might be what they're setting up here. Uh, and then finally, just one more news thing. James Storm did return to Impact. Uh, we've seen him on a couple of shows now. He is not under contract, though. So that is, uh, that's is—that's been confirmed through multiple sources. Okay. News aside, John, did I miss anything in the Dynamite or the news that we need to talk about? Not that I can think of. Are you stretched and ready to roll into trivia now? Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Today's trivia is brought to you by the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Each week I compile the week's top wrestling stories, and I put them in a quick-to-read email that's divided up by company. There's almost 4,000 people getting this free newsletter each week. In addition to getting all the top stories, you find out everything that we're doing, uh, whether it's through podcasting or, or games or anything else. So... Subscribe, make sure you don't miss anything. Comes out every Friday at 11 a.m. Sign up at bodyslambrigade.com. John, it is the 25th anniversary of Royal Rumble 1996. It happened today, 25 years ago. Our trivia is all related to the 1996 Royal Rumble. Oh, boy, here we go. Okay, oh, boy, here we go. Okay, so. I, I, I mean, Royal Rumble's always been my favorite event, and I did watch it live, but I probably haven't seen it since. Okay. Well, I have the uh, – let me, let me put the score sheet up here. Um, it did not get updated from last night, but John DeCani went – I believe he went four for five, so he would be yes. 14 for 15. So um, so you can't catch him today, but let's see how you do. Um, this lady did the cold open for the 1996 Royal Rumble. She said the events would be of a graphic nature. Viewer indiscretion, I mean – Discretion is advised. She was in a bathtub with champagne. John, who is this lady? Oh boy! Um, I, 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 so I gotta say, I gotta say, it was Sunny. Yes, it was Sunny. I couldn't give you multiple choice because I, there just weren't enough ladies to to put into multiple choice. So, okay, so you're one for one. Goldust successfully defended the Intercontinental Championship against this man. Was it A, Jeff Jarrett, B, Ahmed Johnson, C, Razor Ramon, or D, the 123 Kid? 
Ahmed Johnson. It was Razor Ramon. Oh. He was the first person I thought of before you even started na- saying names, and then I switched it up on him. Yeah, yeah, and I know I gave I gave tough ones because I could I think that he feuded with all those people. Yeah. So, um, third question: Smoking Guns also successfully defended their tag team championships against this team. Was it A. The Godwins, B. Owen Hart and British Bulldog, C. Skip and Zip the Body Donnas, or D. Bob Howling and the One Two Three Kid? Uh, who was the first choice against the again the Body Donnas? Uh, Godwins, Owen Hart, and Bulldog, Body Donnas, Bob Holly, and one, two, three, kid. Godwins, Skip and Zip, Body Donnas. I know you see, it feels like you were leaning towards them. One for three, one for three, uh, one for three, and you got the sunny question right, so I'm not sure what that says about you, but. <laughs> <laughs> The main event saw The Undertaker challenge for the WWF Championship. He won the match, but only by disqualification. Who was the champion? Was it A, Bret Hart, B, Shawn Michaels, C, Yokozuna, or D, Diesel? 1996. Uh, uh, Diesel? Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Oh. Well, it's good that you know who the champion is because the next question is who won the Royal Rumble. The winner of the 1996 Royal Rumble had eight eliminations. He last eliminated Diesel to get the win. Who was it? Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, or Yokozuna? It was Shawn Michaels, and I knew that it was Shawn versus Brett that year. I just thought that Brett wasn't champ at Royal Rumble. Gotcha, yeah. Okay, that's uh, that's two for five. Sorry, that means you win the Hawkins. Sure, pretty sure that's my first Hawkins. It's definitely the first of this month. It might be of all time, but yeah, I, I think I, I last week was my first perfect plex, and now this week's my first Hawkins. Well, it was not. It was not an easy. Nineteen ninety six Royal Rumble is is pretty tough. I that's twenty five years ago. So we give you we give you a pass and. Uh, welcome to uh, the Hawkins Award Club. <laughs> All right. Hey, it smells like John DeConning in here. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All love. Just kidding. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the show proper, John, unless there's any other advice you'd like to give out. Oh, yeah. No, I do have a word of advice for everybody. If you're going <laughs> to. If you're going to pull the tag off of your sweatpants, make sure you don't go out in public commando. (laughs) The sweatpants were itching me a little bit, so I pulled the tag out, and then I was leaning up against the wall at five guys waiting for my order the other day. I was like, well, are my pants wet? But no, my my bare ass was touching the wall. (laughs) I had never gotten out of my pajama sweatpants that day, and I was picking up lunch. So if you're going to pull the tag off of something, make sure it doesn't put a hole right on the seam next time you go out. Man, I, you know, the whole idea of the audience needs to know you better question of the day is so the audience can get to know you. With this words of advice column, I don't think we need to even do that. <laughs> I don't typically go commando. It's just, <laughs> it was, my, it was my, my pajama sweatpants that I just never changed out of that day. Fair enough, fair enough. 
<laughs> well, folks, a couple of things to tell you about before we get out of here. Um, the primetime rundown joined Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday night, January 22nd. That's tomorrow for episode number 48 of the primetime rundown. They're going to take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And for college sports fans, and for those pursuing a career in college athletics, this interview may be for you. To, for you, Join Ian Schreier on Monday, January 25th at 8 p.m. when he welcomes CoSIDA President Sam Atkinson to the show. For more information, follow us on social media or log in to theeasternobserver.com. Um, our show, The Daily Wrestling News Show, is going to return on Monday with Al Carl as our special guest host. He hasn't been on quite some time. Um, and we also have every week on Tuesdays, we have the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Um, you can catch a replay of last week's show. You can head over to the YouTube channels or Facebook or whatever to, to get the show, but it's a fun time. Uh, we have a whole band of merry men that walk through all wrestling from Tuesday to Tuesday. Great time. So, John Smith, anything before we get out of here? No, I'm good. Hyped up for my uh, WrestleMania review that we're about to tape. Yeah, spoiler alert. John and I are going to be taping a show after this. Uh, should be a great time. But until then, we'll see you next time. See you Monday. Monday.